Hey, good morning, New Life Church. I am so glad to be with you on this beautiful Sunday morning, uh, celebrating God and what he's doing and what he's about to do in your life. I just want to continue to lift up a few folks that need to be uh, prayed for. The Acosta family in our New Life Church that attends, uh, originally attended our South Stockton campus and now is a part of our Lathrop campus. Um, their son passed away last weekend, and so we're lifting them up as they uh, have had to say goodbye to their 18-year-old boy. And so please pray for them as they're going through this grieving process. We appreciate that. And if you want to know more about the needs of the church, then join us at 8 o'clock every single night on Facebook, a New Life CA, um, uh, New Life Church CA, excuse me, on Facebook so that we can pray with us every night. We pray for about four or five minutes together for the needs of the church and any needs that are submitted to us. So if you have prayer requests, let us know. You can let us know those needs as you heard earlier in the announcement by going to our, our website, newlifeca.church slash prayer. All right, we're going to get started this morning in a message I've got entitled 2020 Vision. This is one of those in-between messages. This is not a part of a series, but this is what God has been stirring in my soul, in my heart for you today. Have you ever noticed that there are so many people that are going through life and they don't seem to have a plan? Um, there, there's no vision for where they're going in their life. I heard a pastor say something recently and it kind of hit me hard. So if you're taking notes, jot this down. It's gonna be on your screen. Everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Now let me read it again. It's gonna stay on the screen. Everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Um, financially, if we take a look at that, how many of you would like to one day be totally debt-free in your life? So you don't owe anybody anything, and so now you can be as generous as you've always wanted to be and give to God and the cause of Christ as much as you can, as much as you want. How many of you, maybe if you're single, you would love to one day be married and be in a very intimate, thriving, strong Christian marriage where there'll be generations of Christ followers that you, will, that you will have as a family. I mean, you'd like that. Maybe if you're married, how many of you would love to have a healthy, happy, vibrant marriage where you look forward, you actually look forward to spending time with your spouse? Maybe that's you. You probably shouldn't raise your hand right now because he's probably sitting next to you or she might be sitting across the room from you, but you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you... you how many of you would love to end up so close to God that you know that you're pleasing him in all you do and one day you're confident, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is gonna look at you when you, when you cross the great divide, when you close your eyes in death here in a nanosecond open your eyes in the presence of the king that he's going to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You want that. You want, let, me, let me promise you something about each of these or maybe something else that you long for in your life, you can get to these places, but you will not end up there by accident. I, I, I'm going to say it again. You will not stumble upon success in your life. Everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Today is a day that has the potential of shaping and sculpting the rest of your life if you'll lean forward and dial in. I'm going to start in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. 
Now I'm gonna read to you a different translation, uh, a more traditional translation, the King James Version. I just read to you from the NIV, the New International Version, but it says this in the King James Version. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no revelation, the people perish. The word translated vision in the King James or revelation in the New International Version is the word chazon. Chazon, it kind of sounds like you got something in your throat, but chazon, it's a a Hebrew word, chazon. Now, it's it's not to be confused with calzone. It's not something edible. It's not to be confused with the the Spanish word for, for underwear that sounds very similar to it, but it's chazon. This is what we're This is what we're talking about today, chazon. We're talking about this Hebrew word, and if you're taking notes, chazon, it means literally a dream, a revelation, or a vision. A dream, a revelation, or a vision. Where there is no chazon, where there is no vision for financial freedom in your life, then you're always gonna be living paycheck to paycheck and always consumed with stress and worry about your money, about your finances. Where there is no chazon, where there is no vision for a godly marriage, you're gonna end up divorced like over 50% of the population. You have to have a chazon, a a vision, a, a revelation for your life. Let me put it to you this way. Some people have no vision for their life, that they're gonna make a difference with their life. They just kinda stumble through life, always hoping for something better, but always living dissatisfied under God's potential for their life. They're not living up to the potential, they're under God's potential for their life. Why? Because there is no vision, there is no revelation, there is no dream, there is no chazon for their life. And when there is none of that, the people, the Bible says, perish. Where there is no chazon, the people who stumble through life, kind of making it up as they go along, they perish. And it's my sincere hope that this would not be you for the rest of your life. So, who wants a greater vision for your life? Just, just say me. Who, who, who wants to discover and longs to discover the reason for your existence on this planet Earth? If you want that, just that's me. And I want you to lean forward towards your television or your phone, dial in for a few minutes today as we look at the four phases of Kazon. The four phases of Kazon. Now listen, if you do a survey of the Bible, all of the greats in the word of God, um, Moses and David and Esther and Nehemiah and Paul and Peter, when you look at the greats in the Bible, over and over and over and over again, you see that each of these people had their own chazon, their own vision from God. And every one of them experienced these same four different and very distinct phases on the way to the fulfillment of God's vision, of God's chazon for their life. They discover, get this, the reason for their existence. 
And if you don't know the reason for your existence, then really dial in. You might want to start taking some notes or you might want to go back and listen to this message again and again and again and discover God's chazon for your life. So we're going to turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 20. And we're going to hang out there for a little while. And as you're turning in your Bible or opening it up on your device uh, to Acts chapter 20, I'm going to give you a little bit of context Paul, the Apostle Paul, in the New Testament, after Jesus had, 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 had been born and lived and taught and suffered and died on the cross and rose from the grave and ascended into heaven, and then we've got Paul that comes on the journey. He received Christ on the road to Damascus. God called him in a very dynamic, dramatic way to serve him for his lifetime. Paul planted a series of churches, launched a series of churches, Christian churches, the first ones, and one of the churches, a healthy church, a growing church, a vibrant church, that he planted in the city of Ephesus. He, he loved this place. I mean, he, he, he totally loved the people. Paul loved the ministry in Ephesus, but God had started to stir something inside of Paul's spirit. He realized that God was calling him away from Ephesus to go start a new work to go minister in a new place. And this was something that God was calling him to do something that was different. So it was with tremendous sorrow that Paul approached the elders of the church, the leaders of the church in Ephesus. And he, in essence, was saying, I'm resigning this church that I founded many years ago where many, many people have gotten saved and we've released many, many people into, into ministry and we've launched many, many missions. I, I'm resigning from the leadership of this. I'm turning it over to other leaders because God has called me to something else. Now, this is like he gave birth to this baby. This is something that he's passionate about. He's full of sorrow and sadness when he tells them this. And so he just kind of opens up and says, guys, I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to move on. Some of you, you're going to do that. And I'm not saying move on from, from church, from, from connection. I'm, I'm saying you're going to make it. God's going to show you something in your life. I declare this to you and it's going to be something different. It's going to be something better. It's going to be kazon in your life. And, and, and what you're, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to say bye-bye to where you're at now. You're going to have to leave your comfort zone. You're going to have to take a step of faith into a place that's totally unknown to you in order to go where God wants you to go. Now, this could be in the context of your work. But it could be God wants to take you out of the job you're in to go into a whole nother job, a whole nother ministry, a whole nother mission. It could be that God wants to take you out of the community that you're in and he wants to play. It could be that God wants you to take you out of this campus to help us start another campus of the New Life family. It could be a whole myriad of things, but I believe that God is speaking to you and you're gonna have to leave. Some of you are gonna have to leave your comfort zone of the known and take a step of faith. So here's, here's what Paul is saying, and he's very emotional at this point because, you know, he loves the people. He's, he's not going from, he's going to. That's kind of a real secret. If you're running from stuff, you're never going to discover God's revelation and vision for your life. You have to go to something, and Paul is going to something, and he's very emotional. He's tearing up, and he's speaking to the elders, and this is what he says in Acts chapter 20, beginning at verse number 22. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. 
I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. All right, so here we go. Um, you know, we say this in New Life, uh, in our, all of our campuses. It's part of the DNA of who we are. We say this, we say we give up things that we love for things we love even more. And there are going to be seasons in your life and times in your life that you're going to need to give up things you love for things you love even more. Without, without vision, the people cast off restraint. The people perish. We give up things we might love for things we love even more. It's really easy to accept a vision that God would have for you in your life if where you're at in your life just sucks. But if you're happy in your life and you're enjoying the pace of your life and you're enjoying the season of your life, God may just shake up your life and call you into something else, call you Chazon, and so that's what we're talking about. So the four phases of this thing called Chazon, and that is the vision that God would have for you in your life. Phase number one, are you ready for this? I'm gonna write it down on the board over here, even though it's gonna be on the screen for you. Phase number one, it's just... The Spirit's prompting. The Spirit's prompting. Phase number one is the Spirit's prompting. I want, to, I want you to focus on verse number 22 for just a second. Just the first part of verse number 22 in Acts chapter 20. And now, get the next four words, compelled by the Spirit. I'm going to say it again. Compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. In other words, this wasn't my idea. I was just happy um, having this wonderful, healthy, growing, vibrant church in Ephesus, Paul is saying. But now I am compelled by the Spirit. It's the Spirit's prompting in my life. And here's what I would declare to you today. Some of you are getting ready to experience phase number one of God's vision, God's revelation in your life of chazon, and it's the Spirit's prompting. And this is going to happen to you where the Spirit of God just moves and he pulls you and moves you and tugs on the strings of your heart where you see something and maybe you think, well, that shouldn't be, that can't be. I could do something about that. Or maybe it's a, the thought of, I wish that it wasn't that way or I, I wish there's something moving me out of my comfort zone and take this, the next step of faith to do something more. It's the place in your life where you just feel it. I'm, I'm being pulled towards something. It's, it's a move of the Spirit and I can speak firsthand to this. We were just fine. Pastoring as a family, our children were growing. We had all of our kids and they were happy and healthy and growing and great relationships. And in school and we were up the mountains. We were secure and God moved and he began to tug at my heartstrings and say, I want you to go plant a church in a place you've never been. And, and we knew that it was somewhere in California. We knew it was somewhere down in the valley, but I had no idea where it was. And I was recommended to go to so many different places. But everywhere I went, I would get a migraine. And it, it was like, I'm not supposed to be there. I hear you loud and clear, Lord. But the only place that I was recommended over and over to come to was the city of Lathrop. It didn't really feel like a city. It felt like kind of a, a group of housing developments that we could see on the side of the freeway. But, but we, we, we looked at it and we said, okay, God, this is where you want us to go. I'm gonna, and so we sold everything. We sold everything that we could. And we sold our, we, we didn't, we owned a house. We no longer owned a house. 
house. We moved into a rented pl a place and we were thankful for it. But we didn't have anything anymore. We, got, we drained our retirement. We, everything that we had, we had no chip in our pocket. It was all on the table. We were all in when it came to 10 years ago, moving to the city of Lathrop in the worst economic time and period of my lifetime. And I remember it just like it was yesterday. And so we come here and we move here and there was something in me and there still is something inside of me that says that it, it can't be, it, it can't be this way. It's got to be different. Something's gonna happen. Something inside of me said, I've been born for this moment. This is the time. This is the hour. It's the, it's the kazon. It was this, this spirit's prompting inside of me. And some of you know what I'm talking about. You, you, you felt that stirring and there was something inside of you that said, I've been created for this. I've I, I got to go where God is calling me. I am willing to leave what I love for that which is, I'm going to leave that which is comfortable uh, for that which is uncomfortable. And I'm, I'm going to experience it because I'm experiencing this tugging of the spirit of God. That is the first phase of vision. It's the first phase of revelation. It's the first phase of kazon in your life, the spirit's prompting. But then, then there's always phase number two. Oh, here we go. Phase number two is you're gonna experience certain uncertainty. You're gonna experience certain uncertainty. Uh, absolute uncertainty. You're going to experience that. You, you have the spirits prompting, but now there's certain <laughs> uncertainty in, in your life. The spirit speaks to you and says, go. And you receive that from the Holy Spirit, the prompting of God. And so you're like, okay, well, now what? I, I think I've heard from God, but I don't know what to do next. Well, the rest of verse number 22, and it says, I am compelled by the Spirit. And then he says, I am I'm going to Jerusalem. And I check out these words, not knowing what will happen to me there. A certain uncertainty. I'm, I have no idea what the next step is. I just know that God has told me, he has spoken to me, he has revealed to me his will for this chapter, this season of my life. It is now the phase of certain uncertainty. I know I'm supposed to do this, but that's all I know. I, I know I'm supposed to do this, but I don't know what's going to happen next. It's okay to be there. Some of you have experienced that or will experience this certain uncertainty at different points in your life. God may be calling you, as I mentioned a moment ago, to, to leave your very secure job and go start a business. You might be thinking, well, I, I need a guarantee. <laughs> uh, God might be calling you to take a step of faith and help us start a new campus here at New Life Church. We've got an aggressive vision to reach this region for the glory of God. And you might be like, well, I, I, I just, I need to know all of the details. You know what? God might be calling you, I don't know what it is, to, to bring a foster child into your home, but I, I gotta know, I gotta know all about the history of this, 
of this chat, I believe God will often say to you and to me, I'm not going to give you all of the details because you can't handle all of the details. If you knew all of the details about your assignment from God, you probably would say no to the assignment. In other words, God is going to call you to something, but he's saying, I, you, you can't handle all the details, so I'm not going to reveal it to you. It's certain uncertainty. And I'm telling you, if you really want God's vision for your life to be fulfilled, you want to be debt-free. You, uh, you want to have a healthy, vibrant marriage. You want to get married and, and stay married in a, in, in a solid manner. Uh, you want to uh, ex extend or continue your education. You want to move on in your vocation. You want to raise your children in a better, more powerful, effective manner. Whatever it is that you want to help uh, launch a new ministry. You want to get involved in helping us on the mission field. You want to help us uh, plant new churches and campuses all around so people can get saved and born again and trans, uh, transformed in their mind, in their heart, and in their spirit. You, you want all that. But God is, God, listen, you want to have that. There's going to be certain uncertainty. The Spirit's going to prompt you, but then there's going to be certain uncertainty. What do you do during those uncertain times in your life? You walk by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You see, we want a guarantee, but God says, now the only guarantee is that if you'll trust me, and follow my voice, the voice of the Spirit, I'll be with you. It's a little bit like me taking my girls. I have four daughters, and if you know me, I have raised four daughters, and they're all married to godly, godly men, and we've got five grandchildren by the end of the year, four now, and one more uh, going to be born in, in, uh, soon in, the, in November. And I'm sure we'll have a whole slew of more grandchildren before everybody's done with their family development and planning but I always remember my girls. And we used to vacation a lot. We would take them and intentionally get out of Dodge and go spend intentional time. And we, I love to take them to amusement parks and carnivals and fairs and different things. And I'm the one that would ride the rides with them. And my wife was always so faithful and, and she wasn't so much enjoying the rides, but she would stay with the littler ones or, or watch us and cheer us on, take pictures. But I really pressed that my girls would, do, uh, would get on the roller coasters when they were little. My wife and I disagreed about that, but that's a whole nother, whole nother story. My, my approach to putting them on the roller coaster was different than hers might have been, but, you know, I, I digress. And so, and so when, when we would get on the roller coaster, I would sit next to my daughters, my, and, I, you know, I'd take them on that, not all at once, but I'd sit with the one that hasn't done it before, and she would hold tight to my arm, I'd hold tight to her hand, and making sure that I was, I was there for her, and she would say this, no, daddy, I'm scared. Tick, 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 tick. You're going up. No, daddy, I'm, I'm scared. And then as you come down, she'd be like, I'm scared. And then you hear the word, wee. And then you hear, no, daddy, as you come around the bend or getting ready to do the loop, I'm scared. And then you'd hear the word, wee. And it was like, I'm scared and woohoo. And I'm scared and woohoo. And it was, it was back and forth. And then when the ride was over, Almost every time it was like we got our feet on solid ground, we're taking a deep breath, we're no longer dizzy and jostled around and she would look at me and say, let's do it again, Dad. Let's, let's do it again, Daddy. It's, it's kind of like what happens with God in our lives, isn't it? There's this sense of, oh no. And then there's this sense of, wee, with, oh no. Certain uncertainty. Wee, enjoying the journey, seeing the blessings enjoying the ride, where you experience the thrill, not of the result, but the thrill 
of living by faith. Man, there's a real thrill in that. Don't die with regrets. Listen to the Spirit's prompting. Know that there's gonna be certain uncertainty. You don't know what's gonna happen next. And then the third phase of chazon, of this vision that God has for your life, you're, you, you probably won't like this one very much, but it's what we're gonna call predictable resistance. <laughs> you're gonna be resistant. It's predictable. It's predictable, predictable resistance. Here's, here's what I know. As you step out in faith as a follower of Jesus Christ, you can put it on your calendar. You can take it to the bank that Satan is gonna come after you and he's gonna try to talk you out of the revelation, talk you out of the vision, talk you out of the chazon that God has for you. He's gonna try to throw you off course. We're getting back to the book of Acts in verse number 23. You'll notice that Paul says, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that blessings and pleasures are to come. Is that what it, that is not what it says. So I stand corrected. It, it, it says, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that only that prison and hardships are facing, prison and hardships are facing me. In other words, Paul is saying and declaring to you and to me that if we're gonna fulfill the vision, the transition, the revelation, the chazon that God has for us, the dream that he wants us to fulfill in our lives, we're gonna be prompted by the spirit and we are gonna have certain uncertainty and then we're absolutely going to have predictable resistance. In other words, Satan is gonna try to stop you from doing what God uniquely called you and created you to do. You see it in every great character, a Bible story throughout the word of God. Moses, the vision is, I've got to get these people free. God calls Moses, there's a burning bush, take your sandals off, you're standing on holy ground, I want you to go and set the people free. They've been in captivity and bondage in Egypt, they're in slavery, set them free. That's the vision. Well, there's predictable resistance, that's Pharaoh. And so Moses had to overcome that. Joseph, he gets this great vision from God in a series of dreams. I'm gonna be a great leader to the people. And, and the brothers say, you know what, no, 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 no. We like your coat, we don't like you very much. We're gonna throw you into a cistern, into a dry cistern, into a pit. We're gonna sell you into slavery predictable resistance. Um, Nehemiah, I've got a burden. The walls all the way around the capital city of God, of Jerusalem, have been torn down. And the vision that God has given to me, the burden, the, the dream that he's given to me is to rebuild these, these walls. And, and it consumes him with, with a desire to do this. Then Sanballat and Tobiah show up and they declare, no, we're not gonna let you do that. Predictable resistance. It's predictable Resistance, and let me promise you, when you hear from God in your life about whatever it is, you choose to take a step of faith and follow him, all hell is gonna break loose 
in your life. You get a vision to have a godly marriage in your life and you, and you decide, you know what, we're gonna pray together each evening and you, you start praying, it's awkward or it's weird or you stumble on your words or all of a sudden you realize we're fighting a whole lot more now than we were fighting before. I just need you to understand, don't stop praying together. Know that this is a spiritual, a demonic attack. It is predictable Resistance, because you took a step in the direction of God's vision for your life. You want to get financially free in your life because you realize you're, you know, you're just so consumed with debt and, and struggling with the stress and the burden and the worry of it all. So you decide you're going to, you got this plan, this vision from God, and you're going to take on a part-time job and you're going to control your spending and, and you're going to make sure that you downsize a little bit so that you can get out of this cesspool of, of, of frustration and debt that you're in. And you do, uh, I can guarantee you what's going to happen. Something significant in your household is going to break down. <laughs> it just, happens that way. Why? It's predictable resistance to the vision that God has given you. Don't give up. Don't stop moving toward the fulfillment of the vision and the dream and the revelation and the chazon that God has given to you. You get a vision maybe to get in shape and you decide, you know what, I, I want to I be a healthier version of me. What happens? You go to the grocery store to, to get fresh fruit and fresh vegetables and you see on the end cap, I don't know why they do this in the the, 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 the the produce department, but on the end cap is a sale today only. Twinkies are 75% off. It is predictable resistance in your life. Here's what I know. Here's, here's what I know. And I, and I know this because I'm a very visionary person taking a lot of leaps of faith in my life before, and I think I can speak to this with some authority. God is going to stir a vision in somebody out there today. I believe he's stirring a vision in many people today and this is helping you to understand that and revitalizing that vision, maybe putting the paddles to your chest and shocking that back into your system again. And you're gonna wanna step into faith, you, you're the, the Spirit's prompting you, you're gonna step out in faith into this certain uncertainty in your life and then something is gonna want to cause you to pause. Maybe not to quit. Satan doesn't just want to make you quit. Sometimes he just wants to make you hit the pause button. You're like, well, I can do that. I can do that someday or sometime or eventually or, you know, when I get the right job or when the kids get a little bit older, or when the kids get out of the house or maybe when I move toward retirement or maybe when I've got, a, when, when the grandkids are, are not uh, such, a, such a young age. Uh, listen to me. You got to press through that. What do you do? You press through that. The key is you press through. Press through the, oh, I'm too busy predictable resistance. Press through the, oh, I, I just don't have time. Predictable resistance. Press through the, oh, it's, it's not really fill in the blank. Predictable resistance. And you press through whatever resistance it is. And when you do that, you move on to phase number four, which is when it really gets fun. There is, in this phase, there is uncommon clarity. This is where it really gets fun. Remember, there are four phases. You can't skip any of the phases in this chazon, in this vision, revelation that God has for you in your life. You, you're gonna have the Spirit's prompting. You're gonna have some, some certain uncertainty in your life. I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. And then when you begin uh, moving in that direction, taking a step of faith, moving forward with God, there's gonna be predictable resistance. You can, you can take that to the bank. And then you, if you get through that, you press through that, you don't give up, you persevere, you keep your hand to the plow, then you're gonna experience what we call, what we're calling uncommon 
clarity. Uncommon clarity. I believe that this is where God wants you to live. Maybe this next verse could be your life verse for this season. Let's take a look at it. And you decide if this could be your life verse for this season. Acts 20, verse number 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. What is the task that, that God has given to you? I, let me read it again. I, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. In other words, I can see it. Uh, I, I, in other words, I've had the chazon from God. And, and this, this is why I exist. This is my somewhere on purpose. The, I'm, I'm not going to end up somewhere accidentally. This is, this is what, 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 uh, this is my chazon. This is what I choose. This is my dream. This is my revelation. This is my vision. This is why I, I pray to God that if you haven't experienced a chazon in your life, a vision, a God vision in your life, that you will, that you will listen, listen, listen for it. And that, and that when you understand this is what you were created to do, then you'll know that you can endure the pain. You can overcome the temptation. You can wake up daily with focus and with passion and with divine drive because you know why you're here. You're not here by accident. You might even think you're here by accident today or by habit, by discipline of tuning in and watching and being a part of this gathering, but it is not by accident. God had a word for you to hear today. And this is the message. You're not here by accident. You have been put here by God on purpose for a purpose to do something, to accomplish something. And I'll tell you right now, I am created by God to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. I am doing in my life precisely what God has called me to do. I didn't say it's easy. I didn't say it's simple. I didn't say it's not challenging. I didn't say it didn't come with persecution and struggles and frustrations and disappointments. I didn't say that, but I know that I'm in the center of God's will. In fact, if I died tomorrow, besides missing watching my grandchildren grow up and missing being with my daughters, besides missing making out with my wife, <laughs> besides all that, I'm telling you, I do not regret my life. I do not regret particularly the last 10 years of my life. Why? Because I am doing exactly what my good and gracious God has called me to do. And when you get to that point in your life, you'll be like Nehemiah was in the Old Testament. I mentioned him a little while ago. He had a dream. He had a vision. He had a chazon. The walls were torn down all around the capital city of God. God of Jerusalem, and, and he's like, somebody's got to do something about this. Maybe that's the starting point of the Spirit's prompting in your life. You say, somebody's got to do something about this. So he cried out to God, and he got down on his face, and he spent days praying and fasting before God, and God said these words to him. In essence, he says, like, Nehemiah, your burden, your assignment. <laughs> if you say to God, somebody's got to do something about this, expect that he might just say to you, your burden, your assignment. Your burden, your that is the Spirit's prompting. 
So Nehemiah's like, well, what do I do next? I don't really know what to do. You know what that is? That is certain uncertainty. And then he just starts to build the wall. He just starts to move forward in this direction, in this vision that God had given to him. In just a few days, the Bible says that people start gathering around him, not to encourage him, but they say things like, that's totally impossible. It's not gonna happen. You can never do it. Predictable resistance. And then, you know, Sanballat and Tobiah, who I told you about earlier, sent a message to him saying, hey, come down off this wall. We got to have a chat. We got to have a meeting. We got to have a staff meeting. We got to talk to each other. And here's, here's what Nehemiah says to them. And I'm, this is what I want you to understand. This is uncommon clarity. Watch how he responds to the predictable resistance. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse number 3. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. This is Nehemiah's reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? In other, in other words, I'm doing what I was created by God to do. You see, I'm doing a great work right now. And, I, and I'm not going to come down off this wall. In fact, you can't tempt me with any kind of offer to come down off this wall. You got a job for me making more money? You know what? I can't be bought. Uh, you, you got something for me that's gonna, gonna provide me with more comforts? Well, I'm not living for comfort. You, you, you got something that's gonna make me more popular? You know what, I'm not living for everybody. I'm not living for other people. I am living for an audience of one. I'm living my life on purpose for Jesus Christ and what he has called me to do, I will accomplish with everything inside of me. You see, I know why I was created. Do you know why you were created? I was created by God in heaven for this moment in history. And I consider, Paul says, my life is worth nothing to me. Nehemiah's like, if only I can build this wall. You might say, if only I can get out of debt so I can become so generous like I want to be. You might say, if only I can heal my marriage so I can raise generations of followers of Jesus Christ. If only this business can take off so I can fund my local church. If only I can tell people about Jesus Christ. What is the if only? in your life. Here's the big question that I'm asking you today to consider. What is God giving you the vision to do with the rest of your life? Think about that. What is God giving you the vision to do with the rest of your life? Let God's Spirit speak to you. Ask the question and be quiet. Listen to God. He'll speak to you. He might speak to you through the still small voice of his spirit or through his word or through somebody else or through a prophetic message. He might speak to you through your neighbors, your coworkers. He might speak to you through a billboard as you're driving down the road. God will speak to you. The spirit's prompting will be there. And oftentimes, most of the time, it will be in a multiplicity of manners. Not just one word, but he'll speak it to you in many different ways from many different angles. And you know that you've heard from God. It's the spirit's prompting. And I believe that some of you are being prompted by the Spirit, maybe to go deeper in your relationship with this church. Maybe it's the Spirit is prompting you to become a member of this church because you're like, you know what, I'm all in. I want to be a part of what God is doing in New Life Church. I want to be a part of what God is doing in the mission that we're all a part of this thing together as we go on the mission with Jesus. Then you need to take the step of faith. Whatever God is calling you to do, I pray that you will listen, that you will obey, and that you will step out in faith. And I pray that you will discover today your chazon, your God-given vision, your God-given revelation, your God-given 
dream. And I declare to you that some of you are going to discover that this is what I was created to do. And you will also declare that nobody will ever talk me out of it. Because everyone ends up somewhere. But few people end up somewhere on purpose. And I just declare to you today that you're going to end up somewhere on purpose. Hallelujah. Bow your hearts and your heads with me. I'm going to pray for you. It's a big prayer. I'm telling you, you were created for more. Before I pray, I want you to know you're not just a paycheck. You are not just paying a mortgage. You're not just trying to get your kids from here to there. You are not just trying to graduate from college. You know there is a divine purpose for your life, but you're not quite sure what it is. Maybe you've sensed it before, but you haven't had the courage to take the next step. Or if you really believe deep down that there is a divine reason for you being here today, and you want to be able to say like Paul, I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may fill in the blank. If that's you, right where you're at, I want you to lift your hand in your living room, your bedroom, your car, or your kitchen. I, in fact, I want you to take the courage right now to just put on the comment section, that's me, God. Would you just type it in? That's me, God. I want to know. I want the spirits prompting my life. I know there's going to be certain uncertainty. I understand in my life, God, that there's going to be all kinds of predictable resistance, but I am working toward and believing for uncommon clarity that I will know that I know that I know that thus saith the Lord, and I will never Never turn away from that. You're lifting your hands right now. Let me pray. God, give your people chazon. Give them revelation. Give them vision. Give them purpose. Give them focus. Give them clarity. God, I pray that we would listen to the Spirit's prompting. I pray that we would not be swayed from predictable uh, or from uncertain uncertainty and not knowing what's next. And I pray, God, that when predictable resistance comes, that we would stay true, that we would never quit, that we persevere through the hard times. And God, I pray that we would live with uncommon clarity, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt for this we were created and we would live in such a way that we would do what you have created us to do and I pray this in the awesome anointed powerful holy name of Jesus Christ and if you agree say amen and amen and amen and amen hallelujah Kazon. God's vision God's revelation God's dream for your life Listen, if you want to talk to us about this any further, lean into this anymore, then just simply go to newlifeca.church slash prayer. Ask for us to pray with you or email one of us, one of the team members, and we'll be glad to talk with you. But we want to help get you on track for the rest of your life. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you rest. And may he give you peace. God bless you, New Life Church. We love you so much. Amen.